Dici Eric Hall Football On today's show, we talk about the game between people that used to be on the Washington Redskins and the Jacksonville Jaguars. We talk about the final books and the people that were re-signed to the practice squad. This and much more, live with Aaron, Josh, and John. Yo, 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 what's up, y'all? Yo, 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 what's happening? What's up? Yo, yo, yo. What's up? I want to welcome everyone out there. All you pumped up Redskins fans to the 93rd episode of Harry Hog Football. And the preseason is winding down. And we've got less than five days till kickoff. Count them on one hand. On one hand, unless you're mid. Well, anyway. Woo! <laughs> Dude, I am so pumped for this game. I'm so pumped for the season to finally start. I'm so pumped too, man. As a matter of fact, um, there was some Redskins caller on my way home from work on Sirius Satellite Radio that was so pumped, you could barely understand what he was saying. Except he was cutting on their host, Adam Shine, for saying that the Redskins were only going to win five games this year. Yeah, and you were telling me, Aaron, that he was, like, super-duper pumped and, like, really excited and busted on the host. But every time the host tried to, like, dog back at him, he just kept throwing facts at him. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. He, he was an intelligent fan. I mean, of course he is being a Watson Redskins fan. But he has actually had intelligent arguments to come back with. Oh, yeah, dude. And Solomon Wilcox was right there with him. <laughs> anyway, he's pumped. Hey, and if you're happening to be listening to our podcast, do it called Sirius Satellite Radio on, uh, what's today? Tuesday at approximately 5.30. Give us a ring or an email or something. We got to have you on the show. You were pumped like we are. And I'm sure everyone else out there is pumped, too. We've been getting more and more emails as it's come closer to the season, and everyone seems like they're pumped. And the beauty it's of really it is, cool. the beauty of it's it really is, cool. I think, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say the beauty of it of, of it is this year is all the uh, professional uh, sportscasters are picking the Redskins to finish dead last. <laughs> dead oh yeah, last. dude. Every time I hear, I see something on ESPN or or you know, Fox Sports or something or anything, any kind of sports show, we'll talk about, well, let's let's focus on the NFC East here. All right. It's, I think it's going to be a, a two-horse race between Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles, although the Giants might have a chance. Who are they leaving out? Uh, They're leaving out the team with the best running back uh, duo, the best receiving core, the best tight end. And, yeah, the best quarterback. I'd say. Especially yeah, with Donovan McNabb all gimpy. I think he's going to this year. All right, well, look, well, who's the up against the best quarterback? Tony Romo. Against Donovan. Donovan McNabb. Tree McNabb. Eli Manning. Huh. And uh, Tony Romo. <laughs> Tony Romo. Tony Hand Romo. So, who else? 
I mean, you look at that over the history of the quarterbacks. We can't, we can't just go on an argument and say Dick Campbell's the best quarterback out there because Donovan McNabb has been to a Super Bowl. He didn't win. Um, he's been doing multiple NFC championship games, only one of which he won. But, uh, you know, I think this is the year that Campbell's definitely going to come out as a, a top-10 quarterback. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And if, if Clinton Porter can just stay healthy, that's my yeah. him. He, he's got to stay healthy this year. If he does not stay healthy... I think that uh, he needs to be traded. And, and unfortunately, if he's not healthy, I don't think he'll get a whole lot for him. As Danny would say. As Danny would say. See what we can get for him. But I'm kind of pumped. We I got Portis, and then if he does go out, hey, we got bets. But as long as he's yep. healthy, we got that one-two punch. Well, we were talking about this before the cast. I really like this, uh, this young Marcus Mason guy. I think, yeah, I, I, think, I think we're all surprised that, yeah, yeah, sorry Josh, I, I think we're all, uh, I think we're all surprised they kept four running backs on the roster this year, keeping Marcus Mason on there instead of putting him on the practice squad. Yeah. Josh is really pumped about it. I'm pumped. Well, here's the question, dude. Really good. Um, as you know, the Redskins had their final cuts this week, and we'll give a rundown here in a second of who got cut, but, um, the thing that's interesting is they had to cut down to 53 men, and they cut down to 52 men. So what's that mystery roster spot going to? Well, they figured that out. They signed a couple of cuts from other teams, um, a, cool, a, a wide receiver that I've never heard of and a tight end who I've also never heard of. And they cut that third string uh, tight end that they kept on the roster. This is kind of weird, isn't it? It's like you work with these people and work with them, and then eventually you just find some other cut from another team. It's like, so let's just find that guy. He's better than this dude that we've had all this time. Yeah, and this, this uh, let's see, who is it? This, the wide, or the tight end is named Cody Boyd, and uh, they cut Eric Edwards, who played with, uh, with Arizona before here. And they brought him in. He's never been in camp or anything like that. But uh, he is six foot eight and two hundred sixty four pounds. So he's a big guy. So maybe he's got some good upside. I don't know. Did you say six And then for receiver, eight? receiver. I don't know what's up with this get with this Bodifer dude that they signed. Um, apparently, he's played briefly with the Lions and the Packers as a kick returner. So maybe that was his upside to give. But I thought Ryan Hogue had a really strong camp of preseason. And not only did they cut him, they didn't even sign him to the practice squad. I thought that was questionable. They didn't even send him to NFL Europa. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he had a really nice touchdown pass or touchdown catch in that last game. And, I mean, he showed up. He was out there playing. Well, you know, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's the taboo. Maybe that's like the, uh, the bad thing to do is score a touchdown in the preseason if you're trying to make the team, because if you remember, Dallas Sartre scored a touchdown. Dallas Sartre got cut. That's right, and he did not even make the practice squad. For those of you out there, the seven of you guys out there that uh, bought your Dallas Sartre jerseys on Redskins.com to <laughs> that touchdown, um, I guess you've got a rare collector's item in your, in your closet. Seriously, it might be if anybody bought one, you know. That's what you get for buying a jersey for a first guy, a guy whose first name is Dallas. Hey, dude, let's do a rundown of all the cuts. You got it in front of you, John? I'm sure you do, statistician. The list of the cuts? Mm-hmm. Ooh! 
Not to put you on the spot or anything. Well, let's see. Who are some of the people that got cut? We'll start with the guy who the bigger surprises. We'll start back with Lamar Marshall, of course. Yes. And then uh, was it Joe Salavea and Ade Ono Jamo? Those were kind of the three big people, the big names. Like, oh yeah, and Ronaldo Win, of course. Ronaldo Win, yeah. I think I think we kind of saw that one coming because even you know we talked about his stats a couple months ago on the show here, and he uh, yeah he just hadn't been showing up at all. He lost his starting job to Andre Carter, and when he did play, and in the preseason, even against against second teamers, mm-hmm. he didn't do anything. You know, mean, what, you know what? The, um, you know what the. You know what I've been thinking about the last couple of days. I haven't like researched it enough to know it as a fact. But does it seem to you guys like the Redskins are like in the last this year more so than last year, but also a little bit last year? The Redskins are moving a lot more towards a younger team and like cleaning house of all these old like these old like did well at other teams. Now they're coming here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Redskins are like leaving that job from what it looks like to the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are really following that pattern right now that the Redskins have been of finding the older, pretty much washed up players. Yeah, like look, look, like who we got that's older players now. I mean, after these, after these round of cuts, I mean, we've got, uh, um, you know, old man Spring. Um, I don't know. I guess you could consider Fred Smoot to be an older player nowadays. What about Jansen? Who's the oldest on the team? Who? I said, what about Jansen? He's been there a long time. Jansen's been there. He might be the longest tenured player. Yeah, I think he is the longest tenured player. John Jansen. We know old man Brunel. Right, right. Um, Um, Kerry Campbell is the longest tenured defensive player now. Is he really? Yeah, Kerry Campbell of all people. Uh... Man, let's see who who else who else has uh, got some age on them. Uh, I'm just I'm just trying look, to look at the look at the O line. Kendall's kind of old. Um, pretty yeah, much the entire O line is kind of is middle to kind of old. Randy <laughs> Thomas, old Randy Thomas. He's he's won the sixth or seventh year or something like that. I don't know all the kids. Yeah. Chris Samuel. He's been around for a while. Chris Samuel's been around since 2000. Yeah. Jansen since 99, I think. Yeah. Uh, Fabini. Not Fabini. Who am I talking about? Raybach. Yes. Uh, they're all the same. Fabini's Raybach old. Raybach played for the uh, Ravens before he got to the Washington Redskins for right. a few years. Thomas played for the Jets for a few years, and he's been in Washington for his, what, his fifth season in Washington now, being in the Jets. Right. Dude, it looks like the oldest player on the team is the Red Snapper. Oh, yeah. yeah he's an old Red Snapper. like He's been on the team since, I think, 1948. <laughs> <laughs> He's been around forever. I thought he was on the team since you know, 1932. Dude, he was born Dude, in... Not 19- security, man. He was born in 1971. <laughs> so he graduated from college in, like, 93. And the Redskins weren't his first team. I think he came to the Redskins in the late 90s. But he's been there for a while. Well, dude, if, he's lucky, if he's lucky, he might get, like, 32 minutes of playing time every year. Dude, he'll be able to play till he's 50. He doesn't take any hits. <laughs> like, he might have one tackle a year on practice squad. Or on a, on a practice squad. On a on a special team. Right. Red snapper. Red snapper. Hey, dudes, I, hate, I don't want to bring you guys down, but I'm just looking through the roster real quick. 
Yep. And it seems to me that there's more players on the Redskins born in the 80s than born in the 70s. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm just glancing at it. It's about equal. It's about equal. Are you saying bring it down because we're so old? Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, today was the first day the kids came back to school, and uh, <laughs> those kids are all born in, like, the mid-90s. Oh, my. So. <laughs> you want to feel old, there you go. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about, do you guys want to do a rundown of a couple of the other, uh, the other cuts? Yeah, we're talking about yeah. cuts. Did, um, did Keely LaFosu get cut? LaFosu got cut. Um, actually, let's, let's just move right over to the practice squad, because those are guys that all got cut and resigned. Right. Um, Keely LaFosu, uh, Bert Toller, the wide receiver, who, I don't know, I, I don't remember him doing much. Um, <laughs> Eubanks, Made the practice squad. Byron, don't call me Brian Westbrook. Um, Josh Stog for the future. Tony Trucks. Tony Trucks. He made the practice squad, right? Yeah, he made the practice squad. I think he's going to be on the team before the end of the year with uh, injuries. He might be like a game day inactive. I think he'll help start cracking the roster there. Uh, Brian Bell, the fullback, who more than likely will get pulled onto the team at some point because the only fullback we have is, of course, uh, Mike Sellers. Mike Sellers. And Alex Busby, the guy from Georgetown, the defensive end, is someone they think is a project that they might be able to build up. So. A fullback? He's not a, a fullback. What, what? He's a fullback? No, no, no. Alex Busby's defensive end. Oh, Ryan Bell is a fullback. Yeah, Busby's a DE. I was like, who? That's the practice squad. Um, other people that got cut, Carson Palmer's brother, Omar Stoutmeyer. <laughs> Dude, Carson Palmer's brother has his own name. And he didn't even get signed to the practice squad, so I don't care what his name is at this point. He's standing over um, in, he's standing over in like, uh, the old stadium that, uh, that housed like the Ryan Fire or whatever right now going. <laughs> they told me to show up here. <laughs> uh, I thought it was kind of interesting also that they cut Corey Bradford, the wide receiver, rather than sign him. Cause he's, I think it was in his sixth year of uh, NFL experience, and he he was good at one point. Someone else of that nature, Fred Beasley, who was um, – he was put on injured reserve and reached a settlement, which means he's cut, but he got paid, basically. And he's eligible to be signed by another team, I think, I think any other team now, but he can re-sign with the Redskins after like six or eight games or six or eight weeks into the season, hmm. even though he was put on IR because they did the injury settlement with him. So they could bring him back too. What does that mean? Like he got injured while he was working for them, so he gets worked and comp or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that, I guess. Um, yeah, pretty interesting how they can do that. I mean, I think if I read it correctly, if I understand it correctly, Conceivably, he can get paid. He put on injured reserve. He was released from it. He, he could be paid by the Redskins and then come back to the Redskins during the same season after six or eight weeks. So I thought that was rather interesting. Interesting. Is he allowed to, like, work at McDonald's or anything in the meantime? <laughs> I, they might take it away from us. Is we could be paid. <laughs> <laughs> from the city of Redskins Park. 
Maybe maybe they can give him some work at the Johnny Rockets or something while he's waiting. <laughs> well, if he's a jerk, he can work at FedEx for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, Johnny Rockets. He could he could like be manning one of the rides with his flags. <laughs> Here to keep your arms, legs, and slide car at all times. Have a great day. Six flags. Enjoy your day. <laughs> exactly. Hey, dudes. I just realized that we're about 17 minutes into this podcast and we haven't talked one word about the game that was last Dude, week. There's really not a whole lot to talk about the game. I mean, here, let me sum it up for you. One drive, um, eight plays, 70 yards, touchdown, first team's out, everybody else that we saw has been cut. What else do we need to talk about? All right, sweet. Well, then Thanks that should make it very condensed version of who we give our game ball to. <laughs> Seriously. I'm giving my uh, game ball to Jason Campbell. Jason Campbell, huh? He was 5 for 5 with 50-some yards and a touchdown. Perfect night. A nice touchdown. Hmm. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, let me see. I give my game ball to Antoine Randall for turning around and catching that ball, even though the defender ran into him before the ball got there and mm-hmm. got flagged for a penalty. Decline. And uh, I'll give my ball, my game ball, to the uh, to the O line for uh, you know, couple of them driving on down and doing the drop. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Oh yeah, and Pete Kendall looked pretty good. I rewound it and watched him in slow motion, and uh, he was playing pretty well. Did you watch him frame by frame, dude? Um, yeah, I did in slow motion. Trying to. Uh, Mimic his, um, his his artful form. Something like that. <laughs> Aaron Bunny, stop right there. See how he turns his left ankle. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, who did your kicks go to? All the guys that played after the first drive? <laughs> <laughs> That's all the guys that Actually, I want to give another game ball too, because uh, for to, to Marcus Mason, um, I think like I already said it once in this podcast. I think that guy's going to do something, and I think that they uh, realize that. Obviously, he's on the team; he's not on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My kick goes to a uh, Cowboy Tart. Because Deuce scored a defensive touchdown and not only got cut, but didn't even make the practice squad. And now he has like a whole pallet load box, boxes and boxes of his jersey <laughs> sitting on his doorstep. It's like a 24-foot rider truck backing up to his garage. As he's like, <laughs> like, <"Dee>, like, <laughs> Dude, you want to know who Dude, my kid goes to? Enjoy. I'm sure Christmas comes around and they're like, oh, great. You know what Dallas is giving us again. <laughs> my kick goes to Stefan Hare for making the team. <laughs> we knew he was going to make the team, though. He's a project. He, you know, dude, he is, like you've been saying since the beginning, he's going to be the new Derek Dockery that you absolutely hate. And then in a couple of years, you're going to be like, dude, he's pulling people over, checking out pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan Hare. Step on here. So now that means officially, as of right now, at least we can do a hair day when he plays. Yeah, we can do a hair day next week if he makes it into the game, which I doubt. But if he does, we'll have a hair day. That's true. 
It'll either be a good hair day or a bad hair day, but we'll talk about it. I, I got to give one more kick. Actually, this is this is for you, Aaron, because I know you forgot about it. But uh, one more kick to Jordan Carson Palmer's brother Dude, for sucks. not making the team or the practice squad. Because when he went in there, I don't know how many of you guys out there listening saw this game. But that interception he threw straight, I think it was to a linebacker. I mean, there was no one around the guy. He had like an eight-yard radius, 360-degree radius. Or is that circumference? I can never remember. All the way around. All the way around him. He was the only one there for either team. And he threw it right into his chest, basically. And he just danced in for a touchdown. And this is one of the worst throws I've ever seen. So, yeah, he's a kick. He needs to go back and uh, take some lessons from this. From his throat. Uh, he, he, they took a chance on him, and it was a bad chance. Well, dude, just like I have to tell you, I told you so because I told you he wasn't going to make the practice squad. You did, and I thought he was. I really did. I thought he was. I was like, dude, who's going to throw the ball in the practice squad if he doesn't make it? I guess someone's there to throw it. I'm funny. I, I was trying to decide who to kick. I just don't really want to kick any of those cut people. I mean, they've already been kicked this week. So, yeah, they've had the you know, ultimate going back kick. to playing off the Dallas Stark thing, I'm going to kick Redskins.com for actually trying to sell his jerseys when he made that defensive touchdown. <laughs> Dude, I'm also going to kick Redskins.com for not reporting the cut list for like eight hours after it happened. Yeah, they had articles on there like Ronaldo wins says he's amongst the cuts, but then they didn't have the cut list up. <laughs> I know. Like, what is that? You had to, like, go around the web and piece it together. Yeah. Four. Four. And any, I bet Larry Michael had something to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably trying to convince him to not announce the cut so he could do it on his, like, live lunch, Redskins yeah. lunch show. Redskins lunch with Bram Weinstein. He's like, you guys can't announce the cut. I have a pedicure this morning at 1030. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of the Redskins lunch, I did hear some of that the, uh, the day of the game last week. And they had, uh, I don't know what his name was, but, you, you know, blah, 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 voice of the Jacksonville Jaguars, like like our, our buddy there is the voice of the Washington Redskins. Um, and he sounded like a very intelligent individual. So it was kind of refreshing to listen to him talk about uh, Jacksonville, the city, and its relationship with the team and all sorts of things. The guy sounded like he really knew what was going on. Wasn't his name hired to Jacksonville? I can't remember his name, but he's the voice of the Jacksonville Jaguar. I think his name was Michael Larry. <laughs> <laughs> the Jaguar. Michael Larry, like the good twin. <laughs> all I have to say is that they have these massive parks on some of the upper deck sections of the stadium of Jacksonville because they can't sell enough tickets to keep from being blacked out. So they've like closed huge sections of their stadium. Are you serious? There's less people in Jacksonville than there are in the greater Hampton Roads area, the seven cities, as they call it here, the whole north of Virginia Beach area. Uh, there's less people there. They can't even fill up their stadium. They had to, I mean, many thousands of seats are covered up. This is what the guy was saying. And when you were watching the game that night, you could see the big park. There was like one with the Jacksonville Jaguars head. And like some, a couple of them had ads on them. There were some in the end zone, and there were some in the upper deck corners. Yeah, those sections, those were closed off. They should have at least like painted fans on them or something. Yeah, they're done like, like the Redskins done in the gold middle circle, and made some of the seats burgundy, so it looks like people are there. Exactly. That sure got busted during that rain delay game. 
Like, who are all those people in the middle of the stadium? They're in danger. Oh, wait. Those are just thieves. <laughs> um, I don't know, but you guys hear that music? There it is. Yep, yep, yep. That's right, y'all. It's time once again for Arms Trivia. I need a better intro for that. Anyway, um, you guys were listening last week, and judging by the attendance, you were. Um, the question sent in by none other than the famous Tom was this. <clears throat> What unwritten Redskins rule did quarterback Shane Matthews violate during his oh, first yeah. training camp with the Redskins during Steve Spurrier's first season? And we got a lot of answers in for this, and all of them were basically right. And um, and let me see. Mark from uh, down in Orlando uh, at the Concept Design Group. Um who sent us in the right answer, and it was... You know this, John? I'm pretty sure he was wearing a... Uh, he, he, he was wearing a jersey with a uh, very important number on it. Oh. Was it, a, was it a upside down six? I believe it was a single digit. Looked a lot like an upside down six. <laughs> number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Yeah, that punk wore uh, number nine for for a preseason game, right? Or didn't even make it out onto the field. I don't remember. Well, can't remember. That was the same season, I think, that someone wore a forty nine in a preseason game as well. Now, is that really his fault? I mean, did they have to somebody let him do that? Obviously, that was Steve Spurrier because he he said, frankly, he didn't care about retired numbers, and he thought that all numbers should be unretired and used all the time. Yeah. And you know what? Since we didn't have a podcast back then, I'm going to give Spurrier a big fat kick right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give him one too. His whole existence in the NFL was such a joke. Dude, I'm going to give him a double drop kick in the nuts. <laughs> I mean balls. Sorry. I mean ball. <laughs> and the ball. Anyway, anyway, dude, we got more answers than just Mark. Mark sent it in. Good old Speed Racer sent one in. Um, uh, Norm. El Elrod, a new uh, listener, or at least a uh, new person writing in. Um, Brent Gray, and his response was, "Shane Matthews did what?" Uh, let me see. I also wanted to bring bring out uh, what Tom sent us an email in addition to this week's trivia question, which I'll get to here in a second. But. Um, Tom says in the email with his new uh, question, talking about the random red skin of the week last week, which was Gary Hogaboom, and he said, being the um, Redskins encyclopedia that Tom Humphreys is, he says, I don't know if you guys know this, but Gary Hogaboom was the Dallas Cowboy backup quarterback in the 1982 season. He replaced Danny White when he was knocked unconscious by Dexter Manley during the 1982 Hi. championship game. And he came in and, and scored a, he got a couple of, I think it was two touchdowns, like starting to make it a little worrisome until Daryl Grant came through for us. Yeah, dude, not only that, but Tom, you just about wrote his email exactly. He said, he kept the Cowboys in the game. He played quite well, but he was also the quarterback who threw the screen pass 
that Dexter tipped in the air and Daryl Grant intercepted for a touchdown in the fourth quarter to ice the game. See Sports Illustrated cover with Wham Bam, it's the Redskins. Thank you so much. And then he thank says, you. ah, the memories. Frankly, Gary Hogaboon deserves an honorary all-time Redskin designation for his beautiful screen pass that Daryl Grant intercepted. <laughs> oh, and then he was—he also went on to talk about at the end of the uh, podcast last week. We had the voicemail from um, who was it? The guy from Harris Harrisonburg. I forget his name. Sorry, but anyway, oh, it was Jeff Watts, I think. Anyway, he says response to your podcast finale phone call from Harrisonburg. The Scabs were three three and zero in 1987. Week three versus New England was canceled that year. The Scabs beat the Cardinals, the Giants, and the Cowboys. That's right. Very good. Thank you, sir. And with all that being said, that brings us to this week's question. No drum roll? We just had one of those uh, NPR moments of silence there. (laughs) All right, here we go. In honor of our game versus Jacksonville this week. During the 2000 season, the Redskins went to Jacksonville and killed the Jaguars 35-16. to um, Oh, and then he goes on to say he was at the game. But anyway, here's his questions. Who were the starting quarterbacks in that game? Who caught three touchdown passes for the Redskins? And what did Deion Sanders do in that game for the only time that season? Hmm. Interesting. Show up. Pick his name. Make a tackle. Make a tackle. <laughs> <laughs> he made a tackle. At any event, if you know the answer, go ahead and send it in to Redskins fan at harryhogfootball.com. That's H-A-R-R-Y hogfootball.com. Or give us a ring-a-ding-ding. Ring-a-ding-ding-ding-ding-ding. At 202-657-HAIL. H-A-I-L. Speaking of ring-a-dings, dude, I got a... Um, we did get a voicemail this week from uh, Mr. Mister. Oh, we did? Oh, yeah. We did. We did. And uh, I was just checking it right now, and uh, it's on here. So uh, I'll shoot it to you, Aaron. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll have a hidden track at the end of the uh, podcast. Yeah. We might have been talking some uh, smack about the fantasy football, the Harry Hogg fantasy football league, which a reminder for those of you guys out there, and you'll be getting an email from me tonight on that as well. Um, the first game of the season is Thursday night. It's Monday night football on Thursday nighter. Well, I guess Sunday night football on Thursday night because NBC does Sunday. Is that right now? Who knows? I, I can't remember. I don't know. But NBC is doing the game. It's uh, New Orleans at Indianapolis, the Battle of the Dome. Um, so if you yeah. have players on those teams, you better have them set. That would be me. And by the way, I'm not trading Reggie Bush. So stop, stop asking me, people. <laughs> My boy. I'm um, speaking of fantasy. Reggie Bush. Hey, dude, speaking of fantasy football, you guys will think this is pretty funny. Um, last week, um, we had our draft, of course, for the Harry Hogg League. And I, if you'll remember on the podcast, I was like, I would never have a cowboy on my team, even if it meant losing all the games. Or maybe I said that in the draft or in the chat. I don't remember. But anyway, so I had my draft for my league at work yesterday, and I didn't get my pick in in time, and it chose Terry Glenn for me. 
So now I'm at work today and everyone's like, ha ha, ha ha ha. You chose a cowboy. And I'm never going to hear the end of it. Dude, did you cut up? And I was just talking to one dude about something and I was like, yeah, did you get this whatever? Did you get this work done? And he goes, yeah, I got that work done and I didn't choose a cowboy. <laughs> I'm like, man, that's messed oh, up. Man. Dude, did you cut him yet? Did I what? I, I'm going to cut him as soon as we're done recording this podcast. Dude, that was like the first thing I did when I found out. Dude, you're like, you're like taking Danny time here. <laughs> to draft the T.O. in our league. Dude, I'm not going to try to trade him. I'm just going to cut him. <laughs> but anyway, uh, good old Norm Elrod wrote us in a uh, question. And this will shed some light on the whole thing with, uh, or it did for me about uh, Art Monk being kept out of the Hall of Fame and sports writers in general. Here we go. He says, have you seen Peter King's list of the top 500 current football players? Have you guys seen this? No. I, I read what you were talking about. All right, this yeah. is what he says. This is one of the more ridiculous things I've seen in a while. How do you really compare players who play vastly different positions? But since they did it, let me say that they didn't do the Redskins justice. The first Redskin out of the top 500 players in the league is Chris Samuels at number 122. This is behind Calvin Johnson, number 63, who has never played in the NFL. And it also is behind Jason Witten, Terrell Owens, Brett Favre, and many other suspect players. Other Redskins that show up include Santana Moss at 191 and Chris Cooley at number 234. Is Sports Illustrated really serious? Yeah. Redskins are flying under the radar. Nobody's given... Any credit to Washington right now. And this is the season where everyone's going to go, whoa, I had no idea the Redskins were this good. The Red Dude, they'll realize it around week, week 10 when you see, like, on, like, the 10 questions with Terry Bradshaw or whatever it is, and he'll sit down with Jason Campbell and be like, did you think you would win this many games the whole year? And stuff like that. And then, like, what kind of barbecue do you like? That kind of stuff. <laughs> Aaron, I was talking to you about this earlier today. You know, it's like the Redskins are flying totally under the radar, um, going way back to the beginning of the podcast where it's like, you know, Dallas or, or Philadelphia is going to win, but the Giants might have a chance in the NFC. Totally under the radar for Washington. First six games, the Redskins should go at least four and two, if not five and one. Four games at home. They're playing uh, with the Dolphins to start. They got one game against the Eagles, one game against the Giants. Um, I forget the other three offhand, but there are six games. I think one is Detroit. There are six games the Redskins should win. So four and two, five and one, six and zero, oh, somewhere in there. At that point, everyone's going to say, "Oh, the Redskins are winning or leading the division," but you know they had a soft schedule. They were last place in the division, so now they're doing they're doing a whole bunch of games on the road here in October and early November. This is when it's really going to show up, and then. They're going to keep busting through, and it's going to get to the end of the season. Everyone's going to say, whoa, well, you know, the Redskins, they had that easy schedule. And even though they won a bunch of games at the beginning, and they won a bunch of games in the middle, even though they were on the road most of the time, and they're about to blow out Dallas at home in the last game of the season, still mm-hmm. not going to get any credit until the Redskins move on and win the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, dude. You're going to hear that stuff. You guys out there, we're going to hear it about week six or so. Everyone's going to say, well, the Redskins have a good record, but their schedule's so easy. <laughs> and then after they win a bunch of games on the road, you're going to hear, well, oh, maybe they're kind of for real. 
And then people will be like, oh. And then the people at the end of the year will be like, I've been telling you guys all year that the Redskins were going to be good and no one would listen. Yeah, it's going to be like one of those, I forget the commercials they have every year where people are talking like at the beginning of the season, oh, you know, Calvin Johnson's going to be great and then he breaks his leg in week one, you know, stuff like that. He better not, dude. He's the 63rd best player in the NFL and he's never played a snap. Yeah, apparently so. He's way better I've than never like. In the NFL. I bet I could have made that list. I know. <laughs> it's Peter King's list, too, and he's the guy that keeps Art Monk out of the hall, so. Yeah. Well, apparently he voted for him this last time, so, you know, that was going to get him in. We should see exactly how much pull he really has. I think more people are starting to realize that he is kind of a joke. I don't understand why he's, he's so respected in the field. By who? I don't get it. Anyway, yeah, dudes. Yeah. Other sports writers. There you go. What that do we got? We talked. Do we talk about uh, our our dog Chris Cooley, six year, uh, thirty million dollar contract extension? Yep, fourteen guaranteed, fourteen million guaranteed. He's a rich man. And Chris Cooley says he wants to finish his career as a Redskin, which is sweet. Yep, nice to hear that. <clears throat> yep. Obviously, he wanted to go ahead and get it done, which is nice, so he can get it off his mind. I mean, um, worth it too, man. Mm-hmm. If Dockery, what was it, forty nine million for seven years? Damn right, you can give Chris Cooley six years for thirty million. Mm-hmm. I know. He, he, and we say it all the time. You know, one of the most underrated tight ends in the NFL. Campbell the Cooley touchdown. Get you. Cooley. You're going to hear that a lot this year. Anyway, dudes, what else we got? We need a random Redskin of the week. We need to uh, wrap this thing up before it. No one can download it because it's so big. <laughs> and uh, all right, this week, random Redskin of the week is a linebacker who played for Penn State. Lavar Arrington. Lavar Arrington. Ninety. Nineteen ninety-four. His name is Kurt Govay. Powell. Andre Collins. Andre Collins. Andre Collins, linebacker, Penn State. He's nope. not nearly as good as Rod Breedlove. No, Rod, Rod Breedlove. Was he number 55? Yeah, was he Mr. Nichols? Was he number 55? I think he was, if I remember correctly. So but, yeah, good. Aaron, I heard you you shout out uh, Kurt Govea. And that's the same same uh, same time period there, I believe. But he's number 54. Yeah. He also played for the uh, Las Vegas Outlaws. Um, anyway, dudes, when is our next podcast? Is it going to be before or after the next game? After, I guess. Hopefully Sunday night when we're reveling in victory at 1-0, FedEx Field. Laughing at, laughing at the uh, Dolphins. It's hey. beat up at FedEx Field. And when, hey, hey, dudes, you guys that are at the game, at the end of the game, on your way out of the stadium, why don't you give us a call at the hotline? Perry Hog Hotline and give us your thoughts on the game. We'll get some of those on the podcast too. Yeah, man. Yeah, just get on there. Like when you guys are all pumped and you're walking down, you know, the switchbacks all the way down. You're walking back out there. Give us a, a shout. Let us hear the revelry. We'll put it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. 202-657-8. And remember, dude. Those you guys listening, it's at 1 o'clock. It's a 1 o'clock Sunday game. And remember, you guys, if you guys see a Cowboys fan this week, or we someone that drinks. to go to the game. Because there's always one, no matter who's oh. playing. Or if you see a Cowboys fan, or if you see someone who drafted one in your fantasy league, 
Joke 'em. Bye bye. Bye.